going to be the Alabama coach. What, what, what? It'd be Dan Marino, Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor in that exact order. You want an opportunity to play, and the Jets are giving me an opportunity to play. I put a Lindo Mari up there before I like Ricky Williams. Just before Dolphins training camp this past July, he turned his back on all of it and ruined the Dolphins' entire season. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dolphin fans of all ages, the Batter Fence Fan Show is back here with you on Thursday, September 21st. To basically preview this upcoming game, we got against Broncos country. And no, I did not forget about our battered fan CEO uh, that's usually here with me. I fired him. He was, I was getting tired of him being a Jet fan and talking all that shit. So eventually I'm doing this show solo from now on. Just kidding. He had too much on his plate, told me to do it by myself. But nonetheless, I appreciate you guys always tuning in and always showing love. We are starting 10 minutes early, but, you know, I know you guys eventually be in here. Um, nonetheless, nonetheless, when we, you know how I feel about having guests on this show, and I love bringing communities together. And this guy has by far one of the biggest communities. I would say one of the main inspirations of me wanting to start this podcasting venture myself is watching somebody who who did it from the ground up, somebody who started back almost five, six years ago. And um, I, when you read his story, and when you go and follow him on YouTube, if you don't already, I don't know what you're doing. Um, but Dougley Durong is going to be my guest here today. And when you go look at his story, he was basically tired of everyone else talking about how the how the opposite team lost the game instead of how we won the game. And you'll see from his breakdown of film, the way he talks about the game, the way he breaks down players. He's just not a guy on here just talking shit like some of the times that we do. You know, we're pretty analytical, but we spend some of the time talking shit back and forth to one another. This guy definitely breaks down the game. He is uh, the Travis Wingfield, if you want, the AKA Rain Man of somebody who's not doing it for the Miami Dolphins yet. But nonetheless, man, he he decided to show love and he decided to come on board today to the Batter Fins Fan Podcast. Let's go ahead and bring him on the show, Dougie Durong. Thank you so much for welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Bob. That was a that was a nice introduction. <laughs> I tried, man. I tried. <laughs> you know, I I I want to show love not just because you're obviously doing the show, but because it's your fandom. Like, there's some people who could just go out there and be like, "Yeah, I'm a Dolphins fan," mm. but then there's certain people who like prove the fact that no matter what their team is doing, no matter what players they're signing, no matter how bad we are you know we've we've dealt with the one in 15 season we yeah. know we know what bad is that at the end of the day they still shine their colors and dude your your colors always shine bright for these miami dolphins yeah i have a, an uncle who was a dolphins fan and then about like 10 years ago he became a giants fan how so, dare you and it's funny because my grandmother called me and she was like the other day she was like wow the when they got beat by the cowboys yeah she's like wow the giants suck i said yeah maybe uh my uncle's gonna go back to being the dolphins fan <laughs> Let, let's hope so right let's hope right? So. listen our bandwagon is still a little light people are jumping on it but it's still a little light but nonetheless let, let's get started on dougie duron dude like first of all where'd the name come from and then you know ultimately like i premised at the beginning of the show kind of why you started it but i guess just let uh, my fan base know how you started, when did you start becoming a Dolphins fan, and how all this came together for you? So my friend was, uh, we were all hanging out, and uh, he was going to call me ugly. And for some reason, his brain uh, mis uh, mashed my name and ugly together, and he called me Dougly. 
and I, was, <laughs> I started cracking up. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And but it stuck with me. And then I thought of Dudley Do Right, which is an old cartoon. Yep. And I was like, let me flip that. So that's where Dudley Do Wrong came from. Um. Yeah. I I've I've been doing YouTube for a while. I was doing yep. other stuff uh, on YouTube. I have a bachelor's in uh, media. So I was doing like film and all that other stuff on it. And then five years ago, it was around the time that we uh, traded Jarvis Landry. Mm. And I was like, let me start, let me start talking about the Dolphins. Because like you said, you know, I remember when we were two and twelve facing the twelve and two Patriots on Monday night football. We beat them. Yeah. With AJ Feely. Like we yeah. beat them. And uh, it was more like, oh, Tom Brady's a little off on this one, and blah, blah, blah. Not talking about how our defense forced him to throw interceptions and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, you know what? Let me, I'm going to, I'm going to cover this team. I'm going to start talking about them, start doing this thing. And, you know, like you said, it started from the ground up. I had barely had, I think when my channel had like maybe a couple hundred subscribers when I started, mm-hmm. and the people that started following me weren't following me for football. I just was like, I remember my first live stream for the draft that year. There was no, there was like 30 people in there. I was just like, wow, I have 30 people watching me right now. That's pretty cool. You got to start from somewhere. Right. And and that's kind of the, where the, the, the batteredness has started from that. I know that there's a thousand other fans that they want to talk to Dolphins football. They want to hear from not the regular experts. You know, they want to hear from the fans perspective and the perspective that you give on your shows is quite amazing, man. So I definitely enjoy it. Um, you're near 43, 44,000 subscribers on your YouTube. So you want to talk about big time. I know, I know you brushed it off at the beginning, but you are pretty much big time, man. Um, I guess, tell me a little bit about your, I guess your fondest memory of being a Dolphins fan when that started and who your favorite player of all time is. Favorite player of all time. Now, obviously, you know, it's Marino. Um, everyone loves Marino, but Moya, what's up, my man? Um, but I, I have to go with, I played defensive end when I played football for my, my small stint. Um, so I'm going to have to go with Jason Taylor. He was one that I grew up watching. You know, I was yeah. born in 87, started watching, uh, around 95, uh, watching Jason Taylor, you know, just, that's kind of who I was like, Oh, I want to be that. That's what I want to be. Cause I'm tall. I'm yeah. tall and I'm, you know, I got the long arms and everything. That was who I looked up to, you know, Jason Taylor and, when he went to the the red the Redskins at the time, and then the Jets yeah. broke my heart. But yeah, the Jets I, broke my heart. Oh, that oh my god! Me. My dad ripped his jersey in half. <coughs> and oh, then when he came god. back to Miami, he was like, "Oh no, <laughs> 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 I don't have his jersey." So maybe for Christmas, I'll get him a Jason Taylor jersey. <laughs> I remember that press conference so vividly. He was like, "If the Dolphins would have just offered me anything, I would have came back and played for the Dolphins," and ultimately, just. You know, due to bad, uh, I don't say ownership, uh, bad general managers back then, mm-hmm. that the fact that you don't bring a legend back to the team, that's just give them the veteran minimum at, yeah. at, at one point. It's like Jason Taylor, Dan Marino, those are people that you do whatever you can. It's like you don't push them out the door. When they're ready yeah. to go out the door, they're going to go out the door. So I, I'm definitely with you on that. By the way, I don't know if you saw this DM. Uh, Moya said, Doug, I'm going to DM you and Stephen D. Uh, way overdue apology soon. It's all good, man. <laughs> we don't. We don't need to know. We don't need to know. <laughs> but yeah, I remember that Bill Parcells kind of pushed him out because he didn't like he was going to do Dancing with the Stars. I remember that year. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty crazy, man. But 
I, I appreciate you letting me in into the background of the how you became a fan of this team. But nonetheless, we have another game to preview. 2-0 and is great. But if you remember correctly, we also started 3-0 and last year. Yep. So we, we've been here. We've been here mm-hmm. before. And we also ha- have a very good led Denver Broncos team coming into, into Hard Rock Stadium this Sunday for our home opener. So when I look at this team and I looked at it beforehand, I'm like, the defense is still there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Russell Wilson's playing a little bit better. But I don't think this is the same old Broncos that are coming to town. What's your thought on this team coming in before we we started diving deep into it? They have weaknesses we can definitely take advantage of. Um, you know, their offensive line isn't very good. Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach Wilson. Well, he's I'm, pretty I'm, bad, too. Um, he's pretty um, bad, too. He's I can't wait bad. for that game. Um, Russell Wilson got sacked seven times last week. Yeah. And that's not adding on top of, I think he had like 15 pressures by the Washington Commanders, um, their defense, it's, you know, you got Pat Sertain Jr. or the yep. second, and, you know, he's good. But opposite of him, they don't really have much. You right. know, we can, you know, really take advantage of that. And we saw with the Patriots, Bill Belichick was afraid of our speed. Bill Belichick was afraid of the receivers, so he had three high safeties. He was only having three guys on the defensive line, Raheem Mostert, 100 and something yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that what people and what opposite teams are starting to do is they're starting to get worried about the precision and the accuracy that Tua has on top of the speed that we have at receiver. Not not even Waddle and Hill, but, you know, Braxton right. and Craigcraft, where he was hitting those they're guys. Definitely doing their thing as well. Underneath, you know, we're, we're putting together very good all-around solid offense, and then you look on the defensive side, we started coming through. So I think people are starting to look at us and st- and not be like, oh, you just got to shut – you got you to take away the middle of the field and you're going to beat them. Well, that's what the Chargers tried to do week one, and they couldn't. Or you just got to, you know, stop the pass and, and you know, you'll win. Up, oh, the Patriots tried to do that. We ran. Or you just got to run the ball on them. They did against the Chargers. Up, oh, held Stevenson to, what, 50 yards? Yeah. So – we're starting to build a well-rounded team, and I, I told a lot of people, I know a lot of people are going to overreact, which they did week one, but you got to give it to a week four. Week four is where you start to see Fangio really starting to put things together. I'm telling you, that's and that's a big game, week four against Buffalo. That's I agree. where we'll see who we really are, but I think this week you're facing a Broncos team that is still trying to put the pieces together, especially because it's a new team. Sean Payton's new. They're still trying to put the pieces together, and we need to take advantage of that. I agree. And listen, Russell Wilson has his offense currently ranked uh, 21st in mm-hmm. the NFL. So it's not a powerful offense by any means. Um, I know Williams is their running back right now. I want to say they have Jerry Judy as a wide mm-hmm. receiver on their team as well. But outside of those two guys, it's like, what else do you really have? Mm-hmm. It's like I'm looking at it and I'm trying to I'm trying it my best to not be like, well, it's going to be an easy win. Mm-hmm. I don't think at the end of the day, any mm-hmm. NFL team that comes into hand yeah. is going to be an easy win. I all the positives. It's our home opener. The crowd's going to be behind this team 100%. Mm-hmm. Their offense isn't that great. Our defense played a whole lot better against the Patriots last week. But then they also have a seventh a defense who's been very good for the past two years, yeah. currently ranked seventh. So I guess here's my my first two questions to you. Can our defense take advantage of the fact that they're not really playing a potent offense this week? Do you feel that they're going to take another step forward? And then on the opposite side of that, they got a stout defense. Jalen Waddle may not play. Do you have enough faith in Craycraft? Uh, Braxton Berrios, uh, Cedric Wilson, perhaps. Maybe he finally hits the field this season. 
do you have enough that we have enough on offense and defense to compete with what the the Denver Broncos are bringing to town? I think on defense, uh, I, I would expect to see Jalen Phillips playing and I would love to see him get home a few times and get a few sacks because, you know, we see how high up in the pressure rate he is, but he yeah. just needs to finish those. Um, on the defensive side, I would love to see them just make uh, Russell Wilson's day really hard, uh, kind of like the Washington Commanders did. And on the offensive side, if Waddle doesn't play, because, again, we don't know at what stage in the concussion right. protocol he is. He didn't practice today, but, again, is that just a rest day? Is that we don't know what's going on right. there? Um, I do have faith, you know, Eric Isacoma, um, you know, like you said, Cedric Wilson Jr., Craig Kraft, Braxton Barrios. I do think we're, you know, we're pretty good at wide receiver uh, on that aspect of it. So, like I said, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, we're going to win this game. You know, this right. is a game we're going to win. Because it's the Dolphins. You know, we play up to competition, but we also play down to competition. So right. it's it's hard to sit here and be confident. Like, Sunday, when I'm streaming this game, I'm going to be having that leg jig where I'm nervous just as well as I was facing the Chargers, just as well as I'm going to be next week facing Buffalo. Right. Um, but you look at it, and this is a game the Dolphins should win. This is When you look at the, the four opponents we're facing in, in you know, the first quarter of the season – this is a game, even before the season started, you chalked it up, right? Facts. facts. Worst case scenario, we were going to be one and three. That's what you probably heard from everyone. Yep. This is your one win. So it's like, don't don't be the old Dolphins and don't play down a competition. Stay up at where you're at and destroy them. Don't, you saw what the Chabroncos did against the Commanders. They were up 21 to three. Yep. Come on. Like, take advantage of playing this team and as as weird as it sounds and i don't like talking about the dolphins like this you're facing an inferior opponent you they they're not up at the level the dolphins are no it's a fair point and listen richard greenberg by the way thank you so much for being here rich he wants to know if you'd bet on the dolphins at six six and a half i'll personally tell you before you answer i don't think i would touch that six and a half how about you again if if i'm going with a say that say we're not Dolphin fans, and we're picking right. this game, right? We're not Dolphin fans. I'd probably take the six and a half. I think they'd win by a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, but as Dolphin fans, no, I'm not touching that. I right, think. and that, and that's exactly – it's hard for me to take this hat off. It's Exactly. Really like, like, we know we know what this team is. Prime example of last week, right? Regardless that we got screwed because they gifted them seven points yes. on an illegal yes, touchdown, yes, it still game came down to converting a fourth down. The Chargers game, it still came down to stopping them on fourth down. We're still, we're still, you know, acclimated to. Oh, this is going to be a nail biter. This is a, except for the Browns game, the Browns yeah. and the Texans game last year. It was just nail biter, nail biter, nail biter. So it shouldn't be. And Richard, yeah, if I'm not a Dolphins fan and I'm a betting man, I'm like, I might take that six, <laughs> six and a half because the Dolphins' offense is going to put up points, right? But as a dog, we know, man, we know. I'm we not do. That would and that, that's the, that, that's the unfortunate is that we do know. And listen. That first game, I, I was telling I was telling my co-host, uh, uh, Danny, the battered Jet fan, I was telling him that very first game when Tua drove us down the field to win the game. Mm -hmm. Last year, he may not do that. It's mm -hmm. not just because of him. It's just because the Dolphins in recent history, when they have the ability to go and get it, they usually don't go and get it. Mm -hmm. So they showed you, hey, maybe we're not the same old Dolphins. And then last week, Facing the Patriots, a lot of people are like, "Oh, the Patriots are not going to be that easy. It's a divisional game." But guess what? They were in control of that game. Yeah, 100%. the Patriots at no point were in control of that game. Now, granted, like you said, 
I don't know what referees were on the field when they gifted him those seven <laughs> points because it was, what was it like three ineligible receivers downfield? Hunter Henry was blocking, and then he's the one that ended up catching the touchdown. But nonetheless, we got the win on that one. Now it comes to something you've probably read on Twitter or X, how we call it now. It's all Twitter. Week. Is is it is it the trap game? For me, I believe it is because it could be. yeah. I don't want to see this team look ahead to the Buffalo Bills. I know that's the bigger mm-hmm. game. I get it. It's Josh Allen. What what they did to us the last two games of last season, we should have beat them with Skylar Thompson. Yeah, should have, would have, could have. We did it. Do you think there's any chance that this is a trap game and we end up losing this game because we're looking ahead? I hope not. I hope the team, I hope Mike McDaniel, I hope all of them realize that it's too early to be a trap game, but 100%, like you were saying, you got you got the Bills in Buffalo. You know, yeah. we were very close to beating in Buffalo at the end of this season, and we were very close to beating in Buffalo in the playoffs. We are, we're, we want to prove that we can do it in Buffalo, and it's Buffalo in September as well. So right. it's like you're not dealing with, you know, their fans throwing snowballs on the field. But um, it, I guess, very well could be a game where we're looking ahead, but we shouldn't. Yeah, they're 0 2, but I remember in 2021, we were facing a winless Colts team and they beat us. And we, yep, there's a few times you, you can never, you know, like Glory says, don't take your foot off the gas, man. You yep. got to. You got to go forward. I think with the Patriot game, the reason why they started to come back, besides the you know the blind refs, right? Was that missed field goal. When they blocked that field goal, it kind of gave them that momentum, a little boost, right? Yeah, that they needed. But you know, just man, I wish I wish I was in the locker room so I knew, like, hey guys, don't take this, don't take this team lightly. But I think this is what I think. Yeah, I think they got bulletin board material. Because do you remember what Sean Payton said last year about Tua Tungavailoa? Yeah, he's going to be benched by midseason for Teddy Bridgewater of all people. I think I think Tua Tua's out for revenge. You had the, the you had the um, Chargers game for revenge, and you got this game because not only that, the Broncos were the first team to give him a hard time. Granted, we now have the guy who's right. giving him a hard time, right? But you got Sean Payton saying stuff, Vic Fangio facing his old team, Bradley Chubb facing his own team. Butch Barry facing his own old team. I don't think this team is going to let let it get any close because I think Fangio is going to be like put put your pedal down because they fired me and I had no chance. You know, like look the- what happened. Prime example. I was at this game when Adam Gase faced the Denver Broncos. Mm. And he did the onside kick and we got the ball back. I was at that game. I was like, what is he doing? But I yeah. remember he wanted the head coaching job and John Elway told him to go kick rocks. And he was like, oh, well, all right. Well, now I got a head coaching job. I got you. Job. I got you. Yeah, exactly. I remember. I remember. So Fangio's probably like, oh, I'm drawing up all this stuff. We're, go- we're going after Russell Wilson. And Butch Barry's like, you better block like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> gonna be. It's going to be a good game. I'll tell you this, and it's a great point because that's the next point I was going to bring up. Outside of that one bad read, whatever you want to call it, the interception that he threw last week, outside of that, he's played a very clean season so far. Yeah. Yeah. And not just because he hasn't thrown a reception. Granted, the the miscommunication between Carter Williams and himself and that whole hiking process, the fumbles that have, that have happened there, outside of that, when it comes to him passing the ball and reading the field, like, it's been amazing to watch Tua's level this upcoming year. I'm very happy they picked up his fifth-year option. Yeah. If, if he plays lights out this year, I don't see how you don't give him that big bag um, coming into next season. Now, mm-hmm. granted, I'm sure you're on the same boat. There are so many players that are going to have to get the big bag on this team because there's mm-hmm. so much good young talent. My question to you is, 
Tua, this offensive line, Raheem Mostert, that I think is kind of playing pissed off. It's like, oh, yeah, you wanted to bring in every other running back besides <laughs> me this upseason. <laughs> what, what has been the biggest, I guess, uh, shock to you this offseason? Like, what's been the one that's like, wow, I did not expect this? For me, it's the offensive line. Mm -hmm. Like, I, 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 you go back and read my Twitter. I'm like, bring in Taylor LeWine, <laughs> bring in Richmond Webb, bring, bring in anybody, anybody buddy, outside. <laughs> Of Austin Jackson, but then nonetheless, I did say Austin Jackson was going to be my surprise this season. I thought he was going to come in and prove like, hey, there's a reason they drafted me in the first round. Now, granted, it took four years, mm. but he's he, for me, it's been the offensive line. What about for you? Yeah, 100%. 100 Because I knew what Raheem Moser could do. We've seen Raheem Moser go off in Buffalo. We've seen him go off against the Jets. We know Raheem can do those type of things, but you, you can't tell me nobody was going into this season looking at the offensive line like, what is Austin Jackson going to do at right tackle? Who's playing left guard? Can Teron Armstead play a full season? Surprise, he cannot. But like, what, <laughs> <laughs> what is going on there and all that stuff? And then Connor Williams was holding out. And then right. we're like, so you cannot say that the, again, it's a pleasant surprise as of right now. It's week two. For sure. For you know, sure. I think they're third ranked in the NFL right now, but it's week two. We'll, we'll take it. Um, pleasant surprise. But, you know, you talk about those interceptions with Tua. The second, the, the interception against the Patriots, I noticed that it was more his mechanics. Yeah. Because it was the same type of throw he did against the Chargers. I kind of broke it down in the film where against yep. the Chargers, he kind of threw it and his shoulders were straight. Whereas against the Patriots, he was like cocked Lean back. Lean back. Right. He put too much air on it. That's all it is. And then I think that touchdown, the interception pass against the Chargers, I think he was just trying something. Yeah. And I'm just like, Tua, come on. These are, and I even said against the Patriots, I was like, this is a time to try things. Like, <laughs> I get it, man. You're playing real good. You're like an MVP candidate in week two. I get it. But come on, this is a time to try. But hey, and every time in June, but do you notice every time he throws an interception, our defense steps up? Yes, it does. And it's no harm, no foul. And then, you know, he continues to bounce back. So it's, it's, I'm just happy it's a good team thing where the defense and the offense is kind of playing off each other in that aspect where they're like, all right, Tua, we got you. We'll get you the ball back. And they do. They, you know, three and outs every time. But uh, yeah, 100%. It's the offensive. Line. Actually, you know what? I'll give you one that no one's talking about. And that's Durham Smythe. Durham oh. Smythe is, is doing real well. I guess. Uh when the season started, I, I said I could see him being the Anthony Fasano, and that's exactly what he's becoming. I will tell you this. A lot of people haven't been talking about it, but if you've ever watched a show, people who are on the show, if you, you, you've heard me say, I think Durham Smythe is your broke man's Jason Witten. Yes. He, he will go out there and get you first downs. Yep. It's not going to be pretty. Nope. He's not fast, nope. but he knows where to go. He knows how to line up, and he knows how to get you first downs. So I'm a big Durham Smythe fan, and the fact that he could block. Uh, don't get me wrong. I like Mike Gusecki. I really like Mike Gusecki. Yeah. You could hear me in the thing saying, I thought last year he was like, if he had the right system, which I thought it was going to be with Mike McDaniel, mm -hmm. he, he was going to be a top five wide receiver, uh, tight end in the NFL. I really thought that from Mike Gusecki. Ultimately, it didn't pan out. Obviously, I was wrong. But Durham Smythe, for me, has always been somebody that Tua knows he could rely on. He's going to be where I need him to be, and I'm going to get a first down every single time I throw him the ball. He's the uh, Durham Smythe is the perfect tight end for this situation because he the fact that he can block well and the fact that, especially last week, we got the run game going, it's going to fit perfectly because 
you have Tua doing a play action. So he's turning around, getting ready to run the ball, and you see Durham Smythe start to block. The defense is thinking, oh, run. I'm not worried about Durham. And right. Durham releases and goes. He's butt naked open. That's how we kept getting those first downs because he's so good at blocking that people think, oh, whereas it's Gazicki, he's out there. He starts blocking. They're like, they're going to throw it to him. Yeah. I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to run over <laughs> and cover him. So I love it. I absolutely love it. I love it as well. Offensive defense taking is giving Tua more confidence. We just gave my opinion. That's 100%. 100%. I agree. Yep. The fact that he knows that he could probably take a chance, like you said, take a chance mm-hmm. that he, he doesn't necessarily have to, but he knows that if he doesn't, it doesn't come his way. Defense is going to back him up. So that's a very good point. Um, so nonetheless, we're at the end of it. I know you got to get out of here. You got to make a five-star dinner for your <laughs> wife here. So I'm going to get you out of here, but it's game time prediction, man. Uh, you're, the, you're the guest on the show. So by all means, man, just give me your two cents of what you think is going to happen this Sunday at one o'clock against the Denver Broncos. All right. I'll tell you what I want to happen. And then I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so what I want to happen is you know 52 0 yeah exactly <laughs> you know in the beginning a little a little bit batter you know uh first quarter but then we take off right and then all of a yep. sudden we win and we don't have to worry about it that's what i would love but i honestly think uh first off i hope we i always hope we get the ball uh we kick the ball first because i always wanted after the half prime example yep. look what we did to the patriots yep um but i think it's going to be a fight but i do think at some point the dolphins are going to pull away and I think it's going to be a situation where the Broncos are going to need to catch up and they can't. And we win. I have the Dolphins winning 28 to 17. Mm. I think it'll be like an 11 point win. Like I said, you know, they, they need to do something, but they can't because it's at a situation where the Dolphins are up by 11 and they need to make moves. But that's a situ- perfect situation for Fangio to throw his defense at them, really, you know, get the ball back and then. I'm hoping and praying it ends with the another victory formation. I'll I'll tell you this. I my score was going to be very similar to yours. I picked 31-17. And the only reason I picked 31-17 was for the reason that I thought our defense was going to get after Russell Wilson. After I go back and look at that Commanders game and I'm like, they should have not even been in this game. Mm-hmm. Like they really shouldn't have. No. And like you said, Russell Wilson was running for his life most of, and by the way, that heave at the end of the game for the Hail Mary. So lucky. I was I was recording a I was recording our post game reaction watching it and I could not believe my mind what was just current but nonetheless I don't think that's going to happen it doesn't matter how many hail marys you throw I don't think the score is going to be close enough for you to get in there but I I agree with you I think it's going to be a slow first quarter where maybe we get on the board you know second third possession into into the first quarter um but I do see a close game but once that third quarter fourth quarter start coming around and our defense and that heat starts messing with the Denver Broncos is where you're going to see the, the Dolphins pull away. And I think 31-17 for our Miami Dolphins and winning this home opener. And then obviously going up to Buffalo 3-0 and against that right now 1-1 team, um, it's going to be very great. Uh, I, I think that that's going to be the marquee game. And unfortunately, Tony Romo is going to be calling that game. And I don't know, I don't know how often you've watched Tony Romo when he has to watch Josh Allen. But Jesus Christ, he's in love with Josh Allen. <laughs> like, you're not supposed to be a fan, but you could tell Tony Romo's a fan of Josh Allen. Yeah, I hate that. There's, um, That's like uh, Chris Collinsworth and like um, Patrick Mahomes. He just, whatever he wants, whatever he wants, he's like, oh, look at that great pass. It was in the dirt. <laughs> Chris Collinsworth, shut up. But you know what? I, I got to give Chris Collinsworth, you know, a little bit of respect because he's the one who pointed out they shouldn't have gotten that touchdown. He should, he broke right. it down and everything. He so. did. He did. I'll give him. I'll give him. I'll cut him a little slack just because of that. 
305 Sports, babe. It is episode 13. It is a beautiful thing. And Ashley, in case you didn't know, I will be making the home opener this upcoming Sunday. Nice. Um, thankfully, my foot is getting better. It's I still, you know, I haven't put it out there in the Twitterverse, but I do need to get somewhat of a little surgery done to my ankle. But uh, it's good enough to or I could go to the game. And um, no, no. See, you said it right as I was saying it. I'm going to be there. I will be there Sunday. I will see you Sunday. Uh, but nonetheless, nonetheless, Mr. Dougley do wrong. Like I said at the beginning of the game, I have appreciated the fudge out of you for taking the time <laughs> and coming onto the show and blessing the Better Fins fans podcast with your presence, with your knowledge. Because, dude, man, you're one of the people who do it well and you do it really well. So I appreciate the hell out of you for coming on here today. Thanks, man. This was fun. I'm looking forward to doing it again and having you on the channel. Oh, anytime you need me, I am there. And by the way, we need to get you back on. You know, we're going to try to do it for that Jets game because I, oh, I need be you here. to be here. I I'll need you here. to be here when the Jet the jet head is with me because <laughs> then then it's going to be very fun. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, from the Batter Fin family, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for joining, jumping into the comments and showing love. Remember, hit the like button. It is free. It won't cost you a penny. And if you enjoyed the show, hit that subscribe button. We're going to be posting post-game reactions this Sunday after the game, obviously, once I get back home. And Doug D. Durong, let, let everybody know where to catch you. Listen, he has 43,000 subscribers, so I'm sure some of you in here already subscribed to the Doug D. Durong. But in case you're not, <laughs> tell them where to find you. Uh, anywhere you need to find me, you just type in that name, Doug D. Durong. You can find me. Twitter. I'm never on Facebook, but Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook. TikTok, wherever. You type that name in, you'll find me. All right, brother. P appreciate you. Appreciate everyone else. Batter Fins Head Podcast, episode 13. Th fins up for this Sunday. Dolphins get another victory. Peace.